Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Pot Strickland. I'm your host, Shwinipu, and this is episode 276. I am joined by my co-host, Prez, that is at underscore Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how are you doing on this fine Thursday night? I'm doing as well as Mitchell Robinson on Twitter at 7 in the morning on Thursday. Yeah, he was up early today. Um, <laughs> so you know that things are good then. Um... Yeah, before we get started, I do have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. So please check that out. Give us a follow. That is at the Strick.land on Instagram. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are, please hit like and then subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribed. That would be a huge help to us. The Strickland also is dropping new merchandise. So please be on the lookout for that. We got merch. That dropped last week. We should have merch dropping sometime this week. And there should be even one more drop after that. So keep your eye out on that. Peruse through the Strickland store and uh, see what catches your eye. Finally, the Strickland has a Patreon. Uh, you can subscribe to it. There are a number of different tiers. There's a six-star tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this pod that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to the Strickland Mailbag that comes out every other week, hosted by Andrew Steele, a.k.a. Doug, a.k.a. the Doug Bag, along with Dallas Amico. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never quite stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Strickland Roll, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly premium articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business, there are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. This comes with a variety of additional benefits, like listening on a pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, the Knicks are streaking. They're still streaking. They won seven in a row. They absolutely destroyed the Nets last night <clears throat> in a game that, it was 142-118. It honestly could have been like a 50-point game if the Knicks carried it on from the second half, but they didn't. Um, feels good. I mean, I don't know. I've talked about a lot about this team over the last couple of weeks, and um, it's just all coming together. And um, I think they're starting to get some of the uh, attention from national media folks that wasn't there previously, um, which I find it's it's nice, but I also think it's like it's kind of funny that it took Josh Hart's addition for people to kind of like understand what was actually happening with this team because it was kind of happening even before he got there. Um, and I I am I I do now wonder if like obviously he's been a huge addition. Don't get me wrong, he's helped a ton, but I do think if Mitch hadn't gotten hurt, I think the uh, they would have raised eyebrows even before um, what they've become now since the Hart trade. Yeah, the Mitch thing, I mean, Mitch is ridiculous, and, and people are realizing that he's, um, you know, I, he's obviously not, like, 
some center who's going to score a lot of points. But as far as centers who don't score a lot of points, I mean, he's like thoroughly outplayed Nick Claxton. He's thoroughly outplayed Robert Williams. Like he's just as teams err on, you know, undersized guys who can move a little bit and and move with the ball and move without the ball. Like there's very few. It's very few non Jokic and B centers who can make them pay. Right, like guys like Nurkic. DeMarcus Cousins, like there's just not many of those guys aside from the two MVP candidates. So, you know, it's it's fucking jarring. Like when I turned on the Nets game today because I didn't watch it live, I was like towering over Nick Claxton, like both height wise and like width wise and just like thickness. He's just he's got to have at least thirty five pounds on Nick Claxton. Yeah, he he was. He dominated Claxton. I know Claxton had some, you know, like a nice layup on Mitch, but I don't really care about that. Um, yeah, I don't consider Claxton like he's definitely a slim guy for a center, but I don't like. I've never been like, oh, Claxton, undersized center. Like he's just like a regular center, and Mitch fucking. I thought before before this year, Claxton always struck me as like, dude, is this guy ever going to put on weight? I mean, he's definitely he's definitely skinny. He like finally cleared the minimum acceptable threshold of. Yeah. Of pounds on that frame, which is which is cool for him. Um, one thing I, I wanted to talk about, um, Benji of Knicks Film School fame, fame. I don't, I don't know his whole at um, at Ben Ritholtz, I think. Yeah, um, Ben Ritholtz NBA, pretty sure. Yeah, Ben Ritholtz NBA. He did a cool video on basically Julius um, passing guys open, um, and it was a really it stuck with me. Not just because the passes were cool and they led to makes, but I think we're at that point where enough guys are grooving and have have played with each other, and there's enough of a mix of guys who know how to connect the pass and guys how to move without the ball that you're seeing kind of the chemistry that teams really develop when they're really fucking good and have played together for a while. Like it's not just it's not just Brunson and Randall shot making anymore. It's like guys know what they're gonna do, and even Josh Hart, like he just joined the team, but his like adaptability is is so great and he's so intuitive like that um that play versus boston where iq did his one-legged fake thing which is like my new favorite thing that anybody on the knicks does um that you can only do when you catch you can't do it after you take a step otherwise it would be a travel and his success rate on that fake is like 100 percent. he gotta get somebody to jump passed it to Hart. Hart immediately passed it back and he just flew to the corner for the three and like Guys know where they're gonna be. Like it's fucking wild now. It's it's RJ knows where Mitch is gonna be. Hart knows where IQ is gonna be. Like Randall knows where Grimes and everybody is gonna be. Um, it's 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 just jarring to see this kind of chemistry. And we're definitely not some fucking pass happy team now. But just the for a team that was as good as off at offense as we were while sucking at passing. For us to go from sucking to like bad, bad, or even like the few passes we do make, they're precision and they're planned well, and guys did it intentionally. Like, there's still levels to unlock with this offense. That's the crazy part that you're seeing. You're seeing uh, the passing unlock another level. Um, obviously, when guys shoot, um, when RJ and Quick and Josh Hart fucking shoot. It's, I just don't know. 
I don't really know what you... They're not going to play like this on offense forever, but not much about this other than, like, Jalen Brunson going 15 for 18 <laughs> feels unsustainable. And the game before that, Jalen Brunson was completely out of rhythm, and we still scored, like, a bazillion fucking points. So, like... And then even, even like, other random bench stuff, like Hartenstein... Like, team, we're finally using Hartenstein as a little outlet under the hoop again. Like, we haven't really done that consistently, where it's like, oh, Julius has pump fake like, five times. Sometimes, to keep the defense on his toes, he'll just do the little flip pass to Hartenstein, who will do the floater. And, like, man, like, I'm... I have dangerously high expectations now of this team. The vibes are possibly too strong. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I actually think, like... I know IQ's been shooting pretty well now for what seems like probably what since December fourth since they made that rotation change that's like what three months about um, but like you know we still haven't seen any of those like seven of nine shooting games from him in a long time from three I'm talking about Grimes kind of had his first mm-hmm. volume explosion three point shooting game in a while right. yesterday. RJ's looking like the last few games, his three ball looks a lot cleaner to me. Um, I like those are the three guys specifically that I feel like, again, I know quickly shot the ball pretty well for a while, but I still feel like there's more there. Um, and yeah, I the volume isn't like every night. It's like two of four, two of five, three of yeah. five. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think like the volume could go for him, but like more, I mean, Grimes and RJ just feel like, I know they haven't shot the ball, the ball as well as you would want them to this year, respectively. Um, but, like, I think it's coming. Like, I just feel like it, it could definitely happen now. Um, this is also part of the season. Seasons are long. Sometimes you have extended shooting slumps. Like, this feels like they could go on a 20-game run here for both of them where they, you know, maybe Grimes shoots, like, 41% from three and RJ shoots, like, 37% from three. And I know, actually, RJ, like, over his last however many games, he's actually shot 36% for three. Yeah, he's it's been, just, like, pretty average, like, in yeah, a good way. For yeah, three. His, <laughs> his peaks and valleys are just so wild with that shit. It's um, so funny. Yo, I, this, this reminds me, because I, I was watching part of the Celtics game today, and this was another sign that, that the vibes were good. Like, there were some plays, and this wasn't, like, at the end of the game. This was in the middle of the game, like, the second quarter and stuff, where, where RJ definitely missed Randall wide open like two or three times but he he ended up getting good shots or at least getting fouled or whatever or or sometimes he would turn it over but like my point is even with all of this like RJ's still sometimes missing guys but Randall like you can see him on one possession he like jumped like ah pass me the ball but uh, RJ ended up uh getting a good shot and a foul and he dapped him up after and like you can see Randall and Brunson I think getting a little more comfortable finding a balance for incorporating RJ and they're like they're letting him kind of play through it a little bit like he had five turnovers in the game but he also has some really nice buckets in the game and a lot of those turnovers were um it was about, I think, two or three of them were dribbling, and the other two were, like, ambitious passing turnovers, where it's like, eh, execution didn't work, but I see what you're going for. Um, and I kind of think that's really cool. Like, that shit is... He needs to be able to work through this, and if he can work through this while 
the rest of the team cooks. And, you know, he's still going to contribute to that, right? Because he's still, like, throwing alley-oops to Mitch better than anyone else. And he's still getting layups really well, blah, blah, blah. So, like, in addition to the shooting that you mentioned, like, he's still... He's finally at a point where he's getting lots of touches, but it's still clearly the third guy. And it's not just lots of touches scattered throughout the game. Like, there'll be stretches where they're like, all right, we're going to let RJ cook. And um, eventually he's going to just like, I mean, IQ is so instinctive that he's much better at it. But like when you have the roster set up for IQ to cook, you know he's going to make all the right decisions and all that. He's also used to kind of having that role now um, where he's coming off the bench and being the guy. Um, RJ was the guy by default last year. He's never been the guy with options, really. So this is kind of new for him in that sense, to have stretches of the game with Brunson and Randall where they're letting him cook. And he has Grimes as an outlet and Randall and Brunson as an outlet. So... um, in a lot of ways, this is the first time he's cooking with shooting and scoring talent around him. So the numbers and the process is still a little shaky, but I think we're going to see some big RJ games soon because of that. And I think it's also showing up in his effort on the other end. I think him getting those stretches leads to him trying harder on defense, which is, you know, not how you want him to try harder on defense, but I'll fucking take it when he's doing it because he's been doing a solid job of it. So it's just something to monitor uh, that I noticed versus the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, I would say that... um, I don't know if they're, like, doing it in... I would say that's more... That seems like it's coming more from Tibbs than it is from Mm -hmm. Julius and and Brunson. Um, Yeah, that's probably more accurate. It's more Julius and Brunson just dealing with it well. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I, I... I think they needed they need to do that and they need to be okay with like him struggling cuz he's still not been great offensively. He had he did play really well against the Pelicans but like the Celtics game wasn't great. Yesterday was it's just not even a way to evaluate yesterday cuz it was just like that <laughs> game got so silly so fast. Um but like he had a little stretch to start the third where they were running a lot of offense for him and his decision making wasn't bad but it wasn't great but it's like okay, you guys got to deal with some of that shit sometimes. Um and what was the other game they played after the all-star break. I can't remember it now. Um, Pelicans, Celtics, Nets. Yeah, Pelicans, he was great. He was awesome in that game. Um, but, like, they're they're definitely trying to get him more involved. And I do think they needed that. Tibbs, made, Tibbs has said some, like, interesting things about that in a few post-games. And I remember he said something in a post-game a few weeks ago where he was, like, maybe it was even a week ago. I don't remember which one. But he said something like, he kept like commenting on like we need RJ to be aggressive. We need RJ to be aggressive. RJ's aggression was good. They would ask him about something else, and he'd be like, "RJ was aggressive. That was good." <laughs> um, so like I do, I because I do think some of like his weird struggles that he had were. It's like I don't even know how to explain it because it's not passive, but like his drives were all so slow, and him trying to be like super methodical all the time, and like that's fine. There are times where you need to be methodical. But there are also times where it's like, dude, just fucking go be big. Like, go be gigantic and run into people and, like, see what happens. And yeah, go post guys up. Yeah, he hasn't been posting up as much lately. I do wonder if that's also, like, a thing where they're just trying to simplify some decision-making for him. Um, but, like, 
Yeah, I mean, I just think in general, uh, his play right now is a bit better since All-Star break. The defense has definitely been improved. I still wouldn't say it's, like, amazing or anything. Um, and again, yesterday, his second half defensively wasn't good, but it's also, like, their entire team second half defensively wasn't good. They were all just kind of like, well, we're up, like, 70 points and we can score at will, so womp womp. Like, we're not going to try on defense, which, again, do you want that? No, but it's also, like, you know. You may have earned it. <laughs> yeah, it's also, like, everybody knows that happens. Like, so, it just, like, you'd just, just be okay with that. Um, uh, and, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, they do, the one thing I will say about RJ right now, which ties into quickly, is, like, when they play together without Brunson or Randall on the floor, every time RJ is the one creating offense or initiating the set, I don't feel like it's clean. I don't feel like they're getting good looks. I don't feel like there's flow to it. And then you compare it to, like, the possessions when IQ will, will be the one, you know, initiating, creating whatever in those looks. And it just looks a lot better. And you could see that the, the one, the game that it was the most noticeable in was the Celtics game. Where it was like, they had that stretch at the start of the fourth quarter where it was like, every time IQ got the ball, you know, he's like, spin back, mid-range jumper, floater. Like, he's just getting to places it, and he knows His decision tree is way more clean. RJ, you can tell he doesn't. He doesn't read things quickly right now or ever, I guess. <laughs> like IQ, like the 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 spin back to the mid range. Um, he had two possessions like that. Those were counters. He was like, "They're overplaying me. I'm going to use the counter. I know what shot I'm going to go to." Well, RJ literally just doesn't have that shot. So, like, this is where the RJ thing becomes tricky because I'm I I've talked about like this is why I want to like stick with him for the time being because I do think the Knicks need like a third creator. And yeah, you can tell me like, well, IQ can be that guy. Sure. But like, this is the NBA. Like we see this every year in the playoffs. You can never have enough of those guys. You just can't have enough guys that can create offense that can ha that have like ancillary off ball skills to make them, you know, good next to other creators or useful next to other creators. At least, and are good defenders. Now RJ hasn't been a good defender this year. And obviously his three point shooting hasn't been great, but like he has the, like you see the contours of a player where you're like, okay, no, he can be that guy potentially. Um, and I know people get frustrated. They're like, well, he's been in the league four years. How long do we have to wait? And I'm like, look, I, there's one thing between, if you don't think he's going to be a star anymore, like I, I'm like kind of there. Like I, I just don't know if you can, it would take him like it, the light bulb just would need to go off and he'd be like, oh yeah, I can get five, six assists a game. Oh yeah. Like, and if I do that, I'll be efficient from the field because I'll still probably average 20, but get rid of, like, the stupid, like, three yeah. or four shots I take a game. And, like, yeah, it's still possible. But, like, I think on aggregate, if you're going to weigh the odds because you get, like, four years of evidence, you'd probably reduce the odds of him hitting that, that upward-bound ceiling. And I think you'd have to increase the odds of IQ hitting the, the upward-bound ceiling. But the point is, like, I, I still don't, like, even if I believe that IQ is a better prospect, which I do, and that IQ is ahead of RJ right now, on both ends of the floor, quite frankly, which I do, like, I still don't think that makes any sense as, as a, like, that should not be, like, the reason why you're like, well, we don't need RJ. That's stupid. No, you, you still need RJ because, look, I love Grimes. I think Grimes potentially could, like, become some type of creator. But quite frankly, we just haven't seen him have to do it at all, ever. So I, I, I have no way, to, like, I'm sorry, summer, summer, doing it in Summer League, is just not like the last two games were the first time in like a million years that we've seen him do off the dribble stuff. And even that is always like 
catching it from somebody. Like, I still, how many pick and rolls has he run this year? Like, hardly any. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Had, La- this year, th- uh, not this year, the last two games, he had a couple of plays where, uh, where he was relocating and for once he got the ball not in the corner. He had, um, like a mid range pull up. He's had a couple of, um, times where he caught the ball above the break and he just got busy. And then, and he ends up passing it a lot of the time, just like he does when he drives from the corner. But it's definitely, it's definitely there. Um, I, he doesn't get to do it either by choice or by role or whatever, however you want to allocate it. He doesn't get to do it. So like, you're right. Like you can, maybe he does that in the future, but he's not doing that. On a large you, you volume, can, this playoffs. <laughs> the only people that could know he's capable of doing it right now, and I mean this quite honestly, like, this is not sarcasm, this is not me making a joke, are like Tibbs and the coaching staff and the organization, like front office people who see him in practice. Like maybe he's doing that in practice. I don't know. It's possible. Like I'm sure like if you're trying to develop guys, you probably have them do more stuff in practice. And I do, I would, I would tend to believe the idea that like Tibbs has these guys practice more stuff than he allows them to do on game days. Um, but like, we can't, I can't say that as a certainty. I have no read on that because I literally don't see it. And right? even if you have, live in a world where RJ is gone and Quentin Grimes is doing that, then you still don't have anybody in Quentin Grimes role. So like, it, it's a trickle down effect. And like you said, in the playoffs, this isn't, uh, like everybody needs to be able to do that shit. Like you need to have multiple guys who can do that shit at any given time. Like, like in the playoffs against a team like Cleveland, RJ is going to be forced to create. They're going to try to lock Runson and Randall up. Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't, but sometimes it will. And it'll be on RJ and sometimes quickly and sometimes even Grimes because that's how playoff ball is when everybody locks in. So like they'll have chances in the playoffs. Like we, this is what, this is what happens in the playoffs. You have to end up using plan D plan E or whatever, right? Like we saw that shit versus the Hawks two years ago, um, except nobody could fucking dribble. Yeah, and I think, like, the thing with the RJ stuff with, with Quickly, like, those groups, I don't know, like they st- I think they still grayed out as a net positive over the year. I have to check. But, like, it just seems, it's always, it's it seemed clunky this entire year for whatever reason. Um, and maybe that's just my eyes deceiving me, but, like. No, yeah. that's just any time RJ is, is involved, it's clunky. That's his game. Like, it's not, he's not, because he's not passing, and he's not; he doesn't have a lot of counters. It's going to be clunky. That's just what happens when he's on the ball. Yeah, like, I think you, you're, you <laughs> see teams covering like the uh, they run that pistol action for him. You see teams what they're doing now is when he comes up off it, they have the big show high. So then he has to pull it back out, and then he'll try to run a pick and roll the other way, and they'll they'll ice it. So they'll just try and like show show him to the sideline with his to his right hand, which he doesn't want to do. So, like, yeah, it, it ends up getting clunky, and they end up getting late in clock, and then, like, that kind of leads sometimes to him making decisions where you're like, that's a terrible shot. But, like, at the same time, if you look at the shot clock, you're probably like, okay, I mean, how we got here sucks, but I kind of understand why you maybe made this decision This decision um, at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, for the season right now... It's kind of deceptive, played- though, because, like, like, yes, late in the shot clock, we'll take it, but you used... Seven right. seconds of the shot clock, screening and rescreening and rescreening, and it works. Like half the time, like he ends up getting to his left anyway. But like, like you said, by that point, it's like twelve seconds after whatever. <laughs> yeah, and 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 yeah. So for the year, actually, those two, they're still a slight positive. Uh, Seven hundred and forty minutes played with both of them on the floor. 
1.71 net rating. Um, I could actually, let me check that without Brunson. He's going to be an X factor. Why you check that, man? Like, like as the third guy, like what, this is what we're going to see in the playoffs. He's going to be put on the spot. And if he's not hooping, Tim's going to sit his ass down and it's going to be IQ and heart. Like, yeah. So yeah, their minutes together without either Brunson or Randall on the floor haven't been good. They played 298 minutes with either of them on the floor. That is a minus 5.93 net rating, 105.79 offensive, 111.73 defensive. Um, I just want to see this real quick. But here's this is the part that's nasty, all right? This is the part that, like, why you have to be a little bit concerned about RJ to some extent is um, this guy. So the, the minutes with quickly without any of those three on the floor, okay? So no, none of Brunson. None of RJ, none of Julius Randle on the floor. But he's played 226 minutes. That's a plus 5.93 net rating, 108.87 offensive rating, 102.95 defensive rating. Uh, RJ Barrett, okay, without any of the three on the floor. He, so he has only played 25 minutes without any of those three on the floor this entire season. So, I, I mean, th- that sample doesn't even matter. It's actually a, a big negative, but it's, it's literally 25 possessions. It's like, did 25 minutes, so who cares? Um, it's it's just like, I, he just needs, it's with Quickly specifically that he's, and I, I think I know why. I think he has this thing with Quickly where it's like, he feels like he's higher in the totem pole. And so when they're on the floor together, you can kind of tell like RJ's like, it's my time to cook. And and like, it's, it is kind of his time to cook, but it's also, I'm like, also, but it's also like kind of IQ's time to cook. And I'm like, I th- I still think quickly defers to him a little bit, and he'll like give him the first possession, second possession, or something. But like you can t- like so even if quickly has one good possession, like if he starts the quarter off the good possession, he'll probably give it to RJ the next time down. And like RJ quickly, will get quickly handles that shit like a point guard, and RJ handles it like somebody who doesn't know when his next on ball reps are going to be. That's what it is. Like, yeah. and this this is what I was saying before with the starters. It's like I'm happy that through Tibbs' edict and Brunson and Randall tolerating it, at least when they're up, that, like, on the one hand, I'm happy that he's getting stretches like that to make himself feel good, to get into a rhythm, to score. On the other hand, though, like, we're doing this right now because we're fucking spanking teams and we have possessions to spare. And, like, when the shit is close and the games are close and the clock is low, like, that get that's when it gets real dicey, and that's why you see Tibbs sometimes uh, prefer other lineups that don't have him. And guys like IQ and Brunson are all much more adaptable because they're better shooters and they're just better, right? Like full stop. So it's it is what it is. It's um he's the vibes are really great right now, and he's playing fine. But I think there's just. Like, he's experimenting right now, and the results of that experiment have a lot more implications than I think a lot of us otherwise would realize just because we're doing so fucking well that it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah, and I, I, the other part of it, like, I think you're right that, like, you need to let him feel like I, I, I can play off ball and be, like, more unselfish in these possessions because I know that, like, there's going right. to be this designated like four or five minute period each half where I get to be on ball. And um 
I do like, and people can like, I, I get it. If people think that's dumb and that's frustrating, because it's not the most efficient, like offense we have at our disposal. But to me, that's actually like, like a, a good thing from Tibbs where he's actually valuing like, yes, I want to win some games now, but to win more long-term, I'm, I'm aware that like, I need to develop RJ and, and or at least give him the opportunity to develop. Right. Um, into that type of a player. And, like, that's not to say he hasn't obviously given him those opportunities previously, but I did think, like, in the last month or so leading up to the All-Star break, it had been, like, very... I'm not even sure if his usage went down, but I do think, like, I, I would assume... I would venture to guess his usage was very different um, than it had been at various points in the season, earlier in the season, when he was kind of, like, a third amigo with them. Um, there's, a, there's also some sneak benefits to doing that in the regular season now, in addition to what we've said. So, like, for all the nitpicking, like he's really good at getting Mitch involved, so that's another big plus. Um, Brunson's too short. Randall's just trying to get buckets, <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a lot easier for RJ. And you know, letting Randall and Brunson have take a fucking breather and just be off ball actually also helps. Like you know, especially after the ridiculous stretch earlier in the year, like you can. You know, I mean, we're not the Warriors or the Jazz. We're not, everybody's not fucking sprinting around in some movement offense. So when RJ and Mitch do their thing, that's a break. That's a it's break. Also, it's also like, I mean, I know Randall has done a much better job this year of like dumping off passes to Mitch and, and Brunson does like hit him on a lob every, every now, eight or, every eight or nine games. Uh, but like, RJ is <laughs> the one guy that consistently, actually has like a rhythm with him in the pick and roll. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you know, not that Mitch needs a bunch of touches to stay involved, but I do think like getting any, getting any big guy involved early in a game Hell yeah. is usually like the key to them not crying and being annoying for the rest. Like I want more touches. But then it's like, remember last year where like we'd have like Mitch posting cryptic things like, you know, they, they don't let me touch the ball in the post. And I'm like, yeah, they don't. Correct. Like, that is a hundred percent accurate. And that Me- meanwhile, like- this year, this year on, on Twitter and Instagram, people ask him, and he's like, "Are you dumb? That's not how our offense works." Like, <laughs> like of course they don't touch the ball. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I would, also, I, I'm just guessing here, but like, before you get paid, you're probably worried about that shit a lot more. Of course, because um, you're like, "Am I going to get paid? Is this going to affect how much I get paid?" Once he got paid, he's probably just like, "Okay, well, sixty million in the bank. We're good to go." And even when RJ shoots. Like Mitch is right there, like like yeah. that. Like like you know Kobe assists whatever. Like so it's it it really I I think that little stuff does matter. Like we don't talk about it as much as we used to back in the day. I know I sound like a fucking old guy on a rocking chair on my porch, but like feed the big right so he can run the court harder. Like that shit still matters, and it matters for the role players too. It matters for RJ. So um, like. You do what you got to do, and you I mean, know it, it's it's it, it'll always be true. What you think? You think if Jay, if Harden you? Started, you think if Harden started every game just taking <laughs> like ten pull up threes and like doing his Houston Harden thing, that Embiid would be like cool. Just yeah, I'll anchor the defense and box guys out and like set screens for you, dude. Like no way, no way. Like that's not. This isn't just like for you know role playing bigs. This is all big. This is just how it works. Like mm-hmm. all big guys ever in the history of basketball. Other than like bench bigs who just kind of know that like they're there to be any starting big, especially 
you're like, yeah, just get them a touch. That's it. You don't. I'm like, you don't need to run a bunch of fucking offense for them. You got to get them like a touch and just make them feel good about themselves for a second. And like, and even even stuff like having Mitch touch the ball at the top of the key and then like go hand it off to somebody else. It's like, oh yeah, you're involved, dude. Definitely. Like, yeah, you're you're key to this play. Don't worry. Like, we need you to do this very difficult uh, one dribble dribble handoff to RJ Barrett. Like, it's it's just part of how it is. Um, but like. I, I, I just think this team, you know, you mentioned before, like, the connective passing part of it. Um, like, that that stuff is there, too, and that's made a big difference. And Hart's obviously made a huge difference with that. But, like, what I think you're seeing with Hart is, like, he does he, – he amplifies others' skills. And, like, he's bringing them mm-hmm. – he's giving them way more juice in transition. Like, whether that be him grabbing and going – or just him getting deflections, turnovers, him getting defensive rebounds, whatever it is, like he's just giving them way more juice on that end of it. Um, we have good transition area. players who don't get in transition. They need. It's like we have a fucking engine, but we didn't have anybody to push start on that shit until Josh Hart came. <laughs> yeah, and and the Obi stuff. Like, I, I mean, Obi didn't have a great game yesterday, which is like probably he's probably the one guy you could argue had a bad game, um, but like. It's you can definitely see there's a difference or that we've gotten more out of Obi at least in transition since Hart came in, and it's not just like oh Hart's the one feeding him, but it just like brings that entire when he's on the floor they just play collectively with like way more force and like speed. Um, and, they and, run proper fast breaks. That's the other thing. I need Benji, Benji, if you're listening. I need just like. Like the Knicks midseason fast breaks made me want to fucking stab my eyes out with a spoon. Like everybody in the wrong lane, all like in the wrong place. Now it's I saw it's just I textbook saw, shit now. I saw them run a fast break a couple of games ago. Where it was like Crimes <laughs> passed it to Art. Like he passed it ahead to RJ. RJ's in the middle of the floor. It was the right play. He should advance it. It was like a basically a three on one because Randall was filling on the right side of RJ. And somebody was like coming down the left side of the lane too next to RJ. It might have been Brunson. And I'm like, like the one thing Grimes has to do there <laughs> is just like just stand out at the top of the key because like if you might get a, a swing back pass for a top of the key three. Like, it, but what he did is like he passed it forward to RJ, and then he somehow filled in between RJ and the guy in the left, who again I think was Brunson. And I'm like, how does this make sense? Like. like and they, I think they got bailed out because RJ got fouled or something. But I just remember watching that. I'm like, th- like this, and like this. Should, I don't even. This can't even be a coaching thing because, like, you should just know that's stupid. That's like the. the I, you should never do that. And I've just seen too many of these guys. Like, Randall has a really bad habit of this, of just like ignoring other like where other people are running in transition, and just like running down the middle of the lane and being like, "I'm here," hand, like raise, raise, hand raised. It's like. Yeah, that's great, dude. But like, there's five guys here now. Like, thanks. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, he has a bad habit of doing that. I think RJ sometimes has a bad. RJ has a bad habit of just like thinking he can make transition threes. And I'm like, I don't actually remember you making a transition three ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just don't do that. Um, but yeah, like I, you just see it with Hart. He he's brought so much to the table. He plays with like obviously so much physicality. Um, I think defensively over his career has been kind of like a middling defender, but with what we have in place, exactly. I think he's just like what he does is so valuable. Um, and the big thing with him is like, 
you know, oh, we need a big wing defender, we need a big wing defender. He's not the optimal choice to be a big wing defender, but like he can do it. Like he can defend a guy like Tatum probably better than he's quick and strong. Well, yeah, he and he's kind of. I wouldn't say he's quick, like getting around. I mean, he, quick compared to like RJ Barrett. Yeah, he's quicker than RJ for sure, and like. He's he's also a guy that like can get stuck going over screens mostly because like RJ they're both like super jacked and they're just like what is this person doing here like get away from me like it's like no you actually have to like try to avoid them you can't just like I just like them. love watching Josh Hart like close out on somebody a wing and then they have the advantage and they do a quick first step and he mostly stays with them. It's just so refreshing instead of somebody just like RJ just getting blown by somebody despite RJ being like smaller than them or shorter than them. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he plays angles pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he just like, he just makes a lot of sense. And like, I mean, this was the thing with Deuce too, where it's like, forget the offensive side of it, where like Hart just is more confident and instinctive in what he's doing on the floor mm-hmm. at this point in their careers anyway than Deuce is. But, like, defensively, you know, you're running these units where it's, like, quickly deuce, and it's, like, your three would either be RJ or Grimes. And, like, yeah, maybe Grimes is Grimes is a better defender. RJ has better size. Either way, that's, like, a pretty small lineup to run out for extended stretches. And then you would get into situations where it's, like, deuce has to defend a bigger guard or something. And it's it just was, like, it's hard. It's just difficult. And it's it's not any one player's particular fault. But, like, now when you go out with that bench unit, it's, like, whether it's RJ, whether it's, you know, um, or whether it's Grimes as like the third guy, quickly heart with any of those guys, it just makes sense. Whether it's Brunson, like, because quickly is, I know he's like the same size as Deuce, but he's just way better equipped right now to defending those bigger guards, I think. Whereas Deuce is way better equipped defending point of attack players. Um, but like, it just, it just opened up so many variations. And like, honestly, man, every time, they play and like RJ comes in right to start the third, the first, the second and fourth quarters with quickly and and with Hart. When they get into any type of rut, and he just brings in Brunson for RJ, like the offense always just immediately starts flowing. Like they had a possession yesterday where as soon as RJ went out, you know obviously Brunson comes in and they ran this play where like it was you know they run like a token screen for Brunson because they knew that uh, Brooklyn had started trapping in the second half. He draws the trap, swings it to one side to Obi. And Obi, like, Randall's a good passer, but he's not a quick passer, which is why that first quarter yesterday was, like, so amazing. I was like, wow, you're making quick passes. This is incredible. Um, But, like, Obi got it, and as soon as he got it, he saw that, like, quickly was open on the other wing, throws it over to him, and then somebody's closing out to, to quickly quickly just slashes into the paint and you know because he's attacking now a bent defense with like this gaping chasm in the middle of the floor and he just gets the easiest floater that he's going to get ever and and it's like you just see shit like that and i'm like that's the thing that even so even if quickly drew a trap and made the same exact pass to obi and he made the same exact pass to rj i'm not sure like R, like right right now i'm not i don't trust rj to just like grab and go like i don't i don't trust him to do that and I certainly don't trust him to be the one receiving the pass from quickly and then swinging a pass very, like, for, for back of a better term, quickly uh, to the other side of the floor the way that Obi did. So it's just a weird thing with RJ where it's like his process needs to speed up or he just needs to be better at, like, the shot creation stuff he's doing. Like, that that's 
it's really that simple to me. And to do that, obviously, I think I do think Tibbs is doing the right thing of like let just assigning minutes for that. Just being like, yep, we're gonna we're this is it. We're gonna have three minutes, and this is what's gonna happen. Um, so, I mean, and I I do think like we should probably talk a little bit about Tibbs because I don't know what the hell's happened the last month, month and a half or so, but like he's just doing a way better job. And, like, doing a way better job in a lot of ways that I didn't think he could do a better job. This isn't just him, like, you know, because, like, you know, he makes a rotation change, and I'm like, well, this is better because he's finally just, like, playing better lineups, even though I don't love how many minutes he's allocating, how he's doing it, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm, like, watching these games, and I'm like, okay, he's mixing and matching more. So you're getting more looks at, like, different groups. Um, he's made way better adjustments in-game lately. Like, the Wizards game, his in-game adjustment was, like, really good just switching Randall onto Porzingis and having Mitch help off of like Denny or whatever bullshit fucking person they had on the floor that could shoot. Um, it was just like, I'm like, I don't think I've seen him do this in a while. Like they were basically playing the defense that kind of like the, the Celtics do with Robert Williams, where they just had him hang out in one of the corners and then crash down on drives. Um, he did like, something like that versus Boston. He, he spent a lot when Horford and Rob Will was on the court, he was on Horford a lot. Yeah, and and so like they're just doing interesting things that they have not done before. Like they like even when Mitch was out, the first three games or the first two or three games, which however many it was, I just remember watching. And I'm like, why are we playing drop with Jericho Sims? Like, why are we just playing pure drop with Jericho Sims? We whatever his flaws are, they're all of them are going to be exacerbated. Doing that, and they're miserable. We gave up like I think it was like 130 to the Raptors. We gave up like 140 to the Hawks. I'm like, this is brutal. Like you can't do this. Um, but like during then he like he adjusted like he 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 started having Sims show out higher up the floor, you know not necessarily trapping or blitzing but like showing out higher up the floor, where it's not just like a pure deep drop coverage play and and you know like you say you talked about they're using Hartenstein a bit more. Um, I think he's done a better job of like I mean the biggest thing and you know this pissed off RJ obviously at one point but like just being willing to play the lineups that are like working to end games like hey dude. That's cool that you you're a hundred and seven million dollar man, but if you're not playing like it, like I've got quickly, I've got Grimes, and I know I trust their base level right now more than yours to close this game because I already have Brunson and Art Randall. I don't necessarily need more shot creation. So like he's just pushing buttons that I'm like, okay, like this is exactly what I basically wanted. Like the last thing I would love for him to do, which and I know this will never happen, is like play Randall at the five a little bit and play hard at the four a little bit. And, just get funky with like four. Who's at the four? Who's at the five? A little bit. That's all. But other than that, and like, yeah, maybe play Obi a little bit more, especially like a thirty-five point blowout. Um, that would be nice. But like overall, I mean, this is a drastic improvement over what we had seen for about like two and a half seasons. Yeah the the low hanging fruit was always just player best players, like you said, and. Um, maybe he had to reach a certain comfort with who he was playing and their own proficiency and reliability before he began tweaking coverages. And um, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, like we're at the point where chemistry-wise, guys know what's going to happen before their teammates do things. And, you know, maybe Tibbs is developing his own chemistry of sorts, trying to uh alt like uh versus the nets he you know didn't have mitch and hart hartenstein 
in full drop, right? Because all they're trying to do is get to Cam Thomas and Mikel Bridges' mid-range shots for the most part. Um, and he's just, I don't know, he's hes making some more of those in-game tweaks, like you said, or game-to-game tweaks, because um, something like that, the altered drop, that's probably something you decide uh, ahead of time, not even in the game necessarily, if you're a sensible coach. So he's just being a little more open and I think playing IQ and Josh Hartmore, who are two defenders who he trusts to call audibles and who can actually execute those audibles also works. Um, I think it just makes his job easier. It makes him look better. Um, Josh Hart is probably the one guy on the roster who can leave his assignment entirely and gamble for a steal credibly and that shit matters right and um iq you know his his flawless rotations we've talked about that plenty of times so the few times he does deviate um iq doesn't even deviate that much he just does the scheme perfectly um so it's not it's not even really deviation there um so it's like you said there's still some other things left for him to do that are easy there's still some hard puzzles left to solve which is all the R.J. Barrett stuff. Um. Uh, before we continue this discussion, though, uh, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. Own the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's why the Pelicans game was so interesting because I'm like, that's that's what the glimpse was. That was like, oh, if RJ Barrett plays well, we're just going to annihilate teams. Oh my god, dude! I even thought about it watching the Celtics and the Nets game. Like the fucking turnovers he had. Like I, I meant, I know they were the like one of the Celtics game that drove me nuts. Was he drove? It was in the fourth. <laughs> the one that it drove me nuts because it was like it was the right play, but it was it it was an example of him having already decided what he was going to do without actually le- reading the floor. Like so, he drove off the screen, kind of wide. So the kind of like to the baseline, basically. So driving baseline, and you know because of how the Celtics guarded it, Brogdon had to two v one on the weak side, and he cheated over more to the wing than the corner. And I mean, some of that has to do with like you got Robert Williams and Horford down there. Like you kind of think that okay, maybe they can cut off the corner pass better than than the wing. But it was like if he's gonna make a pass there, it had to be to the corner because Brogdon was like pretty clearly in position to to and he was just like he was there it was right to him and i was like that was the one that pissed me off because i'm like like i know you i've watched you play for like way too long i know that you had already decided that that was what you were gonna do this was not like i made a bad read it was like this was the read the whole way this was i i was never not going to make this pass um but yeah it's It'll it'll get there, and I think when it I mean hopefully it gets there. But like if it does, when it does, whatever you want to say. Um, again, like that Pelicans game, you're seeing that like that was just a pure example of like 
that's the act. That's the you know real world example of what do the Knicks look like if RJ plays well? And it's like because right now he has to shoot well, score well to play well. His defense has been better, but like you're not going to get a big bump from him overall without him scoring well. And that's the best game he scored since All Star break. So it's like, oh, so this is what it looks like. And I don't even think Brunson played that well in the game, if I remember correctly. Or Randall, I don't remember who. The Pelicans game, somebody didn't oh, play yeah. that well. But, like, I don't remember who. Um, and, but it was like, oh, so it doesn't matter if they don't sh- shoot well in this scenario. Because RJ did. And I'm like, this is, a, this is amazing. Like, like, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. Let's do this all the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, like, if he, if, he gets, if he gets going, like, I don't know. Like, I, I get pretty scary thoughts of, like, what the seat could do. It's it's why they're hanging on to him, right? Like it's that role of a third well, a third creator in the starting lineup who can execute Tibbs' plan of just drive and spray. Like it would make the offense click at another level. And the crazy part is he's physically he's getting a he, he's in a better place than he was before. So he he is Getting by a lot of guys. Like, sometimes it's clean blow-bys. Other times it's, like, you know, the craft and the spins and the hooks and all that. But, like, he's creating advantages. Now it's just like, okay, dude, like, you did it. There's two other guys in front of you. Just share the ball now. Um, and, I I mean, I've, I've been saying this shit since he was at Duke. But, like, whoever can get him to do that is going to reap the benefits. And if nobody does, then he's just going to... Kind of, he's just gonna be annoying. He'll be good, but like just annoying. (laughs) It is what it is. And I don't know. I need what I need is I need Johnny Bryant to have whatever intervention he did with Julius. I need him to hit of RJ in the off season, or perhaps before the playoffs if he can swing it, and just uh, give him a talk because that you want to. If RJ started doing that shit before or during the playoffs, then then this team would be a very big fucking problem. Yeah. Um, because, like, I'm just watching some of these other games, and it's like, you know, you got Philly right now. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're out, they're their ass handed them right now by the map. None of these yeah. teams, except for the Bucks, put any fear in me. Maybe, like, if the, if the Suns get going or whatever, and, uh, like, I, that's, that's really it? Like, I'm, like, fucking halfway to delusion right now. Like, Embiid is incredible, and Jaws, like, griffs 30,000 fouls, and even Mitch can't stop him. But Mitch has a better chance of stopping him than other fucking centers in the league. And I don't trust the rest of the Sixers to do what they got to do in the fucking playoffs, right? Like, I'm not saying we would beat them, of course, but this isn't like like teams that are going to spank the Knicks.